Thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like Him. Well, good morning. I hope everybody's having an amazing day already. Worship was outstanding this morning, wasn't it? That's that that last song. Um, if, if if I almost started running laps, so um, that's with two bad knees, and it would have been interesting. I promise you. Um, while we were reading that scripture, um, there was a story that I was reminded of, and it's a story I shared years and years and years ago when we first opened the church. Um, it was one of my favorite Christmas stories. And it goes something like this. It was a younger man that after two years of his wife battling cancer, she ends up dying. And they had a, a daughter uh, during that process. And t- times were tough. You, you guys know, I mean, times are tough. And we, we've had some people go through struggles in this church like that. Um, but he ended up losing his job because he had to take his wife back and forth to the hospital all the time. So he just couldn't, he couldn't do it anymore. So they had a little family meeting. He calls his daughter over and he says, hey, babe, uh, you know, this Christmas, we're not going to do any, any presents. There's just no way. We just, we just can't afford it. She said, all right, dad, whatever. And so the next morning is Christmas morning. When I say they don't have anything, they don't have anything. And he walks downstairs and underneath or by the Christmas tree, this big old box, fine wrapping paper, a big bow. She said, dad, I couldn't go without getting you something. I know it's been a tough couple of years, but you just deserve something special. She said, baby, you know, there's no way. There's no, we, we just can't afford it. There's no, like, like, where did you get the money? Don't worry, dad, where I got the money from. This present was specifically picked for you. So he's sitting there with tears coming out of his eyes and he looks at it and he doesn't want to rip the, the box and the paper. Maybe we can reuse it for something else. So he opens the box up and when he looks inside of it, there's a facial expression of anger. There's an expression of absolute, like, I told you not to do anything. And she said, baby, why did you do this? You, you, you gave me an empty box for Christmas. There's nothing in this box. You wasted all this money on the fine wrapping paper and there's nothing. We don't have any money. And she started crying. She said, daddy, you don't understand. I spent all last night filling that, back, that box up with my hugs and my kisses that wherever you go, you'll know I'm there with you. Presence. It reminds me of the passage of Scripture. Because I'm going to be honest with you, that presence seems foolish to the world, doesn't it? It's just like the presence of Jesus when he, when he came in a cradle uh, to, a, to, a, to a virgin uh, woman. Uh, it, it looks like foolishness. It, it, does, it doesn't make sense. And even to the Savior of the world going to a cave and dying, It looks like foolishness. But then you understand Matthew chapter 1, 23, and what it means when it says, look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That means the presence of God in our lives. That just like we can't see hugs and kisses, we may not be able to see the presence of God, but I can assure you, you can sense the presence of God in your life, can't you? When all hell is breaking loose in the world around you, you can still sense a peace or a joy. See, that's what Christmas does for me. Christmas reminds me, the Advent season reminds me that God is still with us. 
in this mixed up, messed up world that there's still a God doing something. And no matter how things appear on the surface of our lives at this current moment, I know without a shadow of a doubt, I'm not alone, that God's presence is with me. And because of God's presence, I can have hope, real hope. And I believe, and I'm just looking around this room, I see faces of people that I've seen before and I've hugged your neck and I know some of the stories and what's going on in your life. Many of us in this room here need the presence of God in our relationships to remove the hurt and the anger and maybe the bitterness that exists between you and somebody else. Many in here need, need the presence of God to change your circumstances or my circumstances. Maybe it's a financial situation. Maybe it's a job or a crisis you're up against. You need him to change that situation. I would say most of us in this room, most of us watching online down at Sherwood, we need hope. We need to have hope this Christmas. Many of us in this room need peace because it seems like there's nothing but turmoil in the world around us. We need love to care for the people that sometimes we don't always like. And then we also need love to care for ourselves. Some of us need joy. I was thinking about this yesterday and Caleb and myself had the privilege of doing a funeral yesterday. And I, I still don't understand how people that don't have Jesus go through death. I don't understand how the family deals with it because the only way we can have real joy, honestly, is to understand who Jesus is. That's the only way we can have peace. That's the only way we can have love. And that's the only way we can have hope. In this Christmas season, there's a couple of things I would love for us to kind of pull out of this series. And maybe, maybe for some, this is brand new. Maybe for others, it's something, just a good memory that you can kind of remind yourself. I, the, the, the Advent, the Christmas season, it reminds that, that, that God gives us what we need and much more. Every, every aspect of my life, he's exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask or imagine. He never is a God of scarcity. He always gives me enough. Uh, this Christmas season, I, I need to be reminded, maybe you need to be reminded, that God still cares for this world that God still loves this world. As far as it's gone south, as many mistakes as it's made, that God still died for this world, for God so loved this place, this earth, that he gave his only son. Maybe for others, maybe it's just a good solid reminder as we talk about presence and hope, we talk about his presence in our life, that we'd be reminded that, that he's still involved in human history, that nothing is happening, that he did know what was gonna happen. And that because of his love for us, because of our desperate need for him, that he sent his son, Jesus, into the world. That's a reminder that Christmas every year reminds me of in my life. So today, I'd like to spend just a few moments, not going to spend very much time, on one of the central characters of the Christmas story. We know her as Mary, a young teenage girl that had a visit from an angel, and it seemed like the almost unbelievable took place. But I'd like to read it because there's a couple things because I believe Mary exemplifies the life of faith, a life of obedience. And when we have those things, faith and obedience, we can have hope. And so she exemplifies that. She also is blessed by God because she believed what the Lord said, that he would accomplish exactly what he said. Let's read the story together. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel Gabriel to, to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary, she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph and descendant of King David. Now, I love this part here. 
Uh, Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favorite woman, the Lord is with you. And here in verse 29 is the greatest understatement probably written in the Bible, confused and disturbed. If I just had an angel visit me, there's a little bit more than confusion and disturbed happening, isn't there? But confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God and you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him throne of his ancestors, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen I am a virgin. If you skip down to verse 38, I love this response. And I think this response changes everything. Maybe it's a response that we need to have in some of the areas of our lives where God is telling us certain things. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. That is a powerful statement right there. If you understand what's going on here. In some translations, it even says that Mary said, whatever, not like your teenage child says, whatever, (laughs) but whatever, whatever you want from me, God, wherever you want me to go, whatever relationship you want me to involve, whatever school it is you want me, whatever sacrifice you want me to take, I'm willing to do that. Let it be as you say. And I think that's why God used her. Because she had this attitude in every aspect of her life. I love the way Caleb defined what hope was. That was a great Merriam-Webster's dictionary. But let me, let me give you what the biblical, the biblical definition of hope is. Biblical hope is a confident expectation and desire for something good in the future that God can bring. God can bring it. And so when we talk about hope, I realize that I base some, a, lot, a lot of my things in my life based, are based on this hope. Let me tell you one thing. Because of hope, because of real hope I have in God, because of a hope that was instilled in me when I was 17 years old, when I asked Christ, because of hope, I can keep believing in myself even when others don't believe in me. Even when others think I'm wrong, even when others mock me, even when others laugh at me, that I can still believe in myself. Here's, here's something interesting. I want you to think about this for a second. Could you imagine the story, how the story plays out? Mary, you know, 15, 17 years old, however, she has this visitation from the angel and there's a conversation there. And she knows nothing else that's going to happen. Now, fast forward a couple thousand years. We're, we, have the, we have the privilege of reading what happened. We, we watch it play out. I mean, like all the things that happened, all the, the prophecies of Jesus, we watched all this play out. She was living it in real time. Think about this. She had this promise, but she didn't know how it was going to play out. She didn't know what was going to happen. She she, she knew that God was going to do something, but really, did she really have a clue what God was going to do? How was God going to do this? Who's going to believe her story? Like, could you imagine that first conversation when she's sitting in high school recess class? Or she's sitting around the table and she's going to tell everybody while they're eating their matzo bread, hey, guess what? I had a visit from an angel yesterday and he told me I'm going to have a baby. (laughs) Who believes that story, right? Nobody. She knew something clearly miraculous had to happen. She also knew that she was going to have to travel a difficult path. But how difficult of a path was it? She knew that being unmarried was going to be difficult. She knew that telling her soon-to-be husband was going to be difficult. 
You know, what, what's, he, what's, what's, what's his family going to think? What's my family going to think? How am I going to do this? All she based her hope on was a promise that God gave her, that he was going to take care of her. How about our lives? It, did you ever think about this? When was the first time that she really believed everything was happening? Think about that for a second. Just, I mean, we're not talking about, we're not talking about, this isn't like Aesop's fables here. These are real people that walked this planet a couple thousand years ago. I believe it was like this. I believe the first time that baby wiggled in her belly, oh my God, it's really going to happen. Like, come on. How many people have children? Raise your hand if you have children. Okay, this is the weird. I remember we didn't have, like, they have all these ultrasoundy things right now where they put the, the jelly on you and when we had our first kid like 20,000 years ago, they didn't have all that stuff. You know what they had? They had a test that you would pee on a stick. And then maybe, just maybe like four or five months, you would finally, you know the first time I believed my wife was, was having a baby? When that thing stuck an arm out of her stomach. Y'all remember that moment? The alien is in there. I, I, we had a cheerleader like, I believe that was the first time that Mary, when she felt that baby in her stomach moving around, it's the first time she goes, wow, this is really going to happen. Nobody else believed it, but she believed it. You know, as a matter of fact, it took 33 more years for anybody else to believe it. You know why? Because they saw an empty tomb. That was when they believed that Jesus was in fact who he said, because nobody to that point had ever been risen from the dead, let alone raised themselves from the dead. Still, people around her. Here's something I've learned. Can I just tell you a little bit of truth this morning? There's people that don't want you to be a success. There's people that don't want me to be a success. And, and, and many times in this life, we don't fully understand or appreciate the people that are around us. I, I was thinking about this. I can't tell you the amount of times somebody has misunderstood something that I've done. Or, or a couple years ago, I bought a 2015 Dodge Ram pickup truck, okay? Like three or four years ago. So it was already old. Let me stress this again. It was not a brand new shiny one. And somebody walked in and said, I didn't realize we gave you a raise. I wanted to check their tithe statements, by the way, but whole other story. I can't tell you how many people that, friends of mine have, you're just in it for your glory. You're just in it because you want a big, you just want, when we get misunderstood. I believe Mary was misunderstood. When she was walking around with this baby, I think she was misunderstood. I've seen people, and you guys know this to be true. I've seen people that have judged people in the church way before they have all the facts. You know there's three sides to every story, right? There's this side, this side, and truth. And most people just make an assumption based on one side or the other. That's probably what happened with Mary. I, I know people that their reputations have been tainted because they prefer to do what's right than what's popular. They do what's right, the right thing to do. And here's what I've learned. And I, I imagine I've learned some of this by looking at the life of Mary, especially this time of year, There'll be times when people around me certain can, will make certain conclusions because they only know a portion of the facts. And when that happens, I want to encourage you. 
Fight harder. Believe in yourself more. Use the example. Keep believing what God's going to Keep trusting. Keep relying because God is on our side. And with that, we can have hope. Amen. Here's nothing. Because of hope, I can keep believing even through the toughest of times. So I used to say something a lot. I don't say it that much anymore. But how many people have been a Christian for a long time? You've been, let's 25, 30 years, 35 years, maybe more than that. Raise your hands. And I used to say this, because how many people know that the Christian life is tough sometimes? Okay, a couple of us, right? Like people hurt you. People say things about you. Things happen. Death happens. Addiction happens. All that stuff, right? I used to say this, if I had read the fine print, you know, back in 1983, when I asked Christ to be my savior, if I would have read the fine print, I'm not sure I would have still done this. Now, I want to say something. I still would have done it because it's, I'm living my best life. Like I have the best friends, most of y'all, y'all choose who wants to be friendly, right? I mean, think about all the things that God's done like 20 years next year, 20 years. I mean, thousands of people baptized. I think we're up to 15 or 1600 people that have been baptized. Thousands of people came to know, I mean, it's a great life, but you know something? It's tough at times. And a lot of us would like to just rip the book of James out of the Bible, wouldn't we? Count it pure joy when struggles many times come your way. Let's rip it out, right? Let's just rip it out. But you can't. You know what I found out? When I go through those tough times, it strengthens my hope. It strengthens who I am. It strengthens my walk. It it strengthens my faith in God because I have to depend on Him. And you don't know how much you have to depend on Him until you have to depend on Him, right? It's in those moments right there that all of a sudden everything starts. I mean, can you imagine this? I mean, think about, think about Mary for a second. I mean, we're not talking about, we're not talking about like she's 2022. We're talking about a long time ago. They didn't have all the cool hospital stuff that we have now. They didn't have like, like she, she didn't get this like, okay, you're going to be heavy with child and you're going to have a baby and blah, 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 blah. And then we're going to buy you a mansion. It wasn't there for now because you're holding Jesus. You're going to have all this stuff. It was there for you're going to have a tough life. I mean, think about all the stuff. I mean, like the husband, the, the reputation, all that kind of stuff. She was, these are all the stuff she had to deal with. And, 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 and she was honored. She was honored above every other woman in the Bible. But let's think about this. She had a tough life. Her husband was a carpenter. It wasn't like he was a lawyer or he wasn't like somebody making, he was, he was like every day of the week just, they lived in a, a poor community of Galilee and without anybody being offended, okay? I, I'm not here to I was trying to figure out how that would just like, how, how does it relate to here? And it's, it's, it's almost third world. It's almost like going to Appalachia. I don't know if you've ever been out where they don't have no running water and they don't have, you know, electricity and they live at the top of the mountain and you like, how do they get food there and all that stuff? And many times we're serving in those, those areas. It was, it was, it wasn't like Evans, Georgia. She didn't live in Riverwood, y'all. It's tough. And then when she was eight months pregnant, she was required to take a long journey on a donkey. My wife didn't want to get in a car at eight months. You want to talk about a bad day. Hey, husbands, I made a mistake when my my, my, wife, we had twins, if you don't know this. So when we were, when we were pregnant, like I was anything like, when my wife was pregnant with twins, I remember one day I had a bad day at work. Anybody ever just have a bad day at work? And you want to take it out on your dog or your spouse or whatever? 
So I come home and I'm in the middle, you don't realize how hard it was. She goes, yo, baby's in here making pancreases today. Don't tell me about your hard job, right? One of the scriptures that I love most in the Christmas story is not one that we usually read, but it's, it's in Luke chapter two, verse 19. It says, Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. You know, I thought, what, what, what was she thinking about that helped her hope? And I, I think she thought that, you know, it's all going to be worth it. When this baby's born, it's all going to be worth it. When the baby was born, it's all going to be worth it. Even when Jesus was dying on the cross, I have a feeling she was sitting at the cross pondering and going back to when she was holding this baby Jesus. And she was pondering. That's the son of God. That's the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And you know why she could say that? You know why she could rest in that? Because she knew who's God. She knew the presence of God in her life. She knew the presence of God in her life brought her hope. Let me give you one last thing here. Because of hope, I can keep believing even when my circumstances seem impossible. Anybody ever have an impossible circumstance? Mary was a single woman, engaged, not married, virgin, faithful to God, and the man that God put in her life. Then the impossible happened. She became pregnant. That day right there. And see, so many times what we do is we look through the lenses of our natural minds and our natural bodies. And at some point, we got to transition over to looking through it through the spiritual. Luke chapter 1, verse 37 says, For God, nothing, nothing. Y'all say that word with me. Nothing. Pastor Bobby, you don't understand what I'm going through right now. That broken relationship, that marriage that's falling apart. You know what? I, this is what I believe, that God can still restore that thing. There's nothing impossible for God. But you know something? If it doesn't happen, he'll still give you, he'll give you the strength to go through your life and still be successful because nothing is impossible for him. I have a friend of mine that um, been struggling because he got, he got the bad news. He's got, he's got cancer. And they told him that he had six months to live. And I know there's people in this room that you've heard that before from the doctor about you or about a family member. And I did something with him. We were hanging out on the golf course one day and I said, hey dude, can you do me a favor? Because I started getting tired of hearing him say like, I only got five months, I only got four months. I was like, can you take the shoe off? And he takes his shoe off. He said, what are you looking for? I said, I'm looking for a toe tag. He said, what, what's a toe tag? I said, that's what they put on dead people. And they put the date. I said, there's no toe tag on you. And until God tells you you're finished, you better fight. Your family needs you. And I said to him, what the world may see, it may be impossible, but to God, it's possible. And even if, even if, even if, death is the ultimate thing, just a little secret, it's gonna happen to all of us. Like one day it's gonna happen to every one of us unless the Lord you know, comes sooner. It can't be that bad. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your rest. And we get to be with the Jesus that we were just worshiping. And we don't have to worship him this way. We get to worship him this way. What a day that'll be. 
I mean, there's so many other things we could sit here and go. Here's what I want everybody to get. Hope is not based on my circumstances. Hope and faith is based in a fact that Jesus Christ is in fact who he said he was. And because of Jesus Christ, I can have hope. I don't know where I found this, so I don't know who to give credit to, but it says, if the road is easy or the road is rough, if I travel alone or travel with many, if I live in abundance or I live in lack, God can give me the strength to face whatever I must face. That sounded good. I think they pulled it from the book of Habakkuk. Now, we don't read the book of Habakkuk. We can barely say the book of Habakkuk. A lot of times you read stories in the Bible and you think it's, this is a story of scarcity. This is a story of pestilence. This is a story of death and destruction. And if you read just the first part of it in Habakkuk, it says this. I want to read it to you this morning. It says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there's no grape on the vines, and even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, just stop there because that's where a lot of us are right now. A lot of us go, man, I don't have anything in my cupboard, right? My relationship has fallen. Death and pestilence have come to my house. This person is dealing with this relational breakdown. This person is dealing with this over here. We start getting to the point where we go, we have nothing. But there's a paradigm shift that the writer of Habakkuk has. And maybe the most powerful word in this passage of scripture is the word yet. Yet, even though all that stuff is, is bad, I will rejoice in the Lord and I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. You know what that is? That's hope. That's hope. It's foolishness to the world. It doesn't make any sense. When I say, listen, all you know what's breaking loose, but I still have, I still have peace. I still have, I still have love. I still have joy. I still have, I still have hope. You may not be able to see it. You may not be able to see it. You may not be able to see the hugs and kisses. You may not be able to see God, but I can tell you what you can sense and feel the presence of God when he's in your life, can't you? This Christmas, all of us, I want us, this is my prayer, that we would experience the presence of the good father. Because so many times in our lives, we have this feeling that God's up in heaven just waiting to do this right here every time we make a mistake. Can I let you in on a secret? He knew you were gonna make mistakes. That's why he sent his son, Jesus because he knew we couldn't do on our own. So Jesus did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. He went to the cross sinless so I could be sin free. Maybe there's some in this room right in here, right here, watching online. But today, today, you need liberty and freedom. And I'd love for you through song, through prayer, to introduce you to the good father. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now in this morning, my prayer is that people would sense your presence, not gifts under a tree, but the presence of the Holy God. And that you would do in all of us what you want to do this holiday season. That we would turn our faces to you and you alone. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or would like to talk with someone about taking your next step, email us at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.